good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are listening from. We're excited that you've joined us here on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast. Um, today is a pretty special episode. And as always, my name is Alex. With me today is Trey and our special guest uh, that's going to be joining us this morning today discussing ministry and just life in general as you know here on the hope rising ministries podcast we love to talk about jesus apologetics and life and so we have a lot of that to cover today and uh, we're excited to introduce our guest brian stevens who is with a ministry from um currently he is in cincinnati correct yep cincinnati and so we're going to be talking about what that looks like for for he and his family and and where they've come from and you know how they got to to where they are today in ministry but as always Trey thank you so much for joining Brian thank you for being here as well thank you yeah man what's up Alex uh, you know uh still getting over the the uh the excitement of Nate's birthday party yesterday so that was that was really good we uh um, what is you he know, had it already? Yeah, yeah, right, man. Yeah, his his birthday was not yesterday, but the Saturday before. So we had his party yesterday, and uh, man, that's that's a lot of work when you got a lot of kids running around, and we had it at a uh, pump it up in town. So okay, that's a lot of inflatables and you know large slides and and bouncy house height. Uh, things to jump around on so you get pretty exhausted pretty quick yeah yeah <clears throat> one of those two-year-old birthday parties that he will never remember but you will never forget yeah it, it was fun it was a blast man he, <laughs> he loved it so much too so um so we we had a good time as as exhausted as we were like it was it was worth every every bit of it and it was not uh it was it was not a cheap birthday party to say the least i was uh, I was a little, little surprised at the price, um, you know, of, of renting something like that. But oh uh, yeah, you know, they very proud to pump it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of places are very proud of They're how they very proud of what they got. That's right. <laughs> That's right, because they know that you gonna spend whatever you got to spend on your two year old. You understand that, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's pretty what's much going true. On. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hello, 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 peoples. What's going on? Brian Stevens. It's been a minute. Yes, sir. You know? Been a little while. Man, yeah. it has been, man. You're a sight for sore eyes. Um <laughs> so so how's it been going, man? What's what's up? What's up? Uh it's been been going good. Uh life is pretty good in Cincinnati. Uh got to go to the Reds game this week and uh see uh the Reds uh get destroyed by the New York Mets. <laughs> so that was cool. Wow. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's uh going going good. Uh you know, used been used to go to Yankees games in New York and now I'm going to Cincinnati Reds and I made a joke before the game because I was watching the Cincinnati Reds play the Mets and I said, Hey, this is treason. I'm now rooting for the Cincinnati over New York and then they that's lost. Right. So they paid you back. They paid <laughs> I was like, back. This is the cost of treason. So <laughs> that's right, that's right. So yeah, when, yeah. I, when I met you in New York City and you know what that's how long ago has that been five years uh i've been in cincinnati four? three years so it's so, been, yeah, well, been yeah, four years at least yeah, four. Yeah. okay yeah so you know we had a chance i had a chance to go to a yankees game when i was up there uh, uh doing ministry for a week with you 
which of course we're going to get into and what that entails and mm-hmm. kind of how God moves you to Cincinnati from New York. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, for the listeners, um, Brian is actually a hometown boy. He's from where we're from, mm-hmm. uh, which was very unique and, and interesting to find out. But I was like, you're from where? Oh my gosh. So anyway, we get to go to this Yankees game. So the, 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 the pastor of ministry from where we went to church at the time, his name was Ronnie. So Ronnie was, is from Dominican Republic and Ronnie was a catcher for, for a long time. And, and he was going places, but he blew his knee out and it ended his career. And which God probably allowed to happen because he went to the ministry. Right. So Ronnie's, um, had a friend who played for the Yankees. So he's trying to get in touch with this guy so he could, you know, give us VIP stuff so we could get in and go to the game. Well, that didn't work out. So here we are sitting 520 feet from home plate in center field in these metal bleachers, $20 seats, no doubt. Home run's not going to hit us, right? Ain't no way. So Ronnie had gone earlier and took a tour of the stadium and met the tour guide who was from the Dominican Republic. And they start talking and she's a, she's a believer. He finds out and he tells her why, why he's there and all this stuff. Well, make a uh, long story short, we're waiting on the first pitch and we're sitting there way back and the, the umpire looks like an ant. And next thing you know, we hear, Hey guys, and it's Ronnie. He goes, what are you doing? I said, we're, we're about to watch a ball game. What are you doing? He says, you want to sit closer? We're like, yeah. He said, well, come on, let's go. I'm telling you, we walked all the way to first base. And we're, we're sitting, we went from $20 seats to $420 seats in a matter of 15 minutes. Nice. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, you could hear the bat swing in through mm. the air. It, we were that close. Nice. But the Yankee, the Yankees uh, did lose that game, so I, I don't know. That's I guess that was bad <laughs> luck too, Brian. That's great. That's hilarious. So Global Gates, right? Yes. Um, how, how did you How did you get in? What What is Global Gates? What do they do? Where are they based? How did you get in there too? Yeah, uh, Global Gates uh, is based. Uh, in New York City, that's where they where we, where we started as an organization. And uh, you know, the, the idea of Global Gates came about because uh, there were there were some guys who had a passion for reaching the world's least reached peoples. And several of these uh, you know, early missionaries, part of the organization, they uh, spent time overseas working among some of the least reached peoples in the world. Uh, but due to various reasons, some had returned to the States. And through research and connections, uh, it become, it began to become obvious that some of these same least reached peoples on Earth, we're talking ethnic groups that are often less than 1% Christian, sometimes less than 0.5% Christian, uh, were Im- immigrating to New York City. And significant numbers, and we're talking significant numbers, we're talking 10, 20, 30,000 population strong wow. uh, mo- moving to New York City Metro. And so uh, several guys moved to New York and they started uh, we're reaching out to these people, started working among them. And through that, an organization was born. 
Uh, it was born out of mission. Uh, the, the mission came first and then an organization was needed uh, to do the work. And so Global wow. Gates uh, was birthed out of that. And then over time, people began to join, you know, Global Gates. And before long, we started uh, deploying into different U.S. cities. Uh, now we're in a few different countries. Uh, I would say we still probably have more than half of our missionaries in the States, but quite a few are now deployed to major urban centers around the world. And our laser focus is reaching the nations through global gateway cities. And so we're, we, we target cities around the world where some of the least reached peoples may have moved to. So it may not be where they're from. And so if we're, you know, I could use, you know, so for example, New York, right? So uh, somebody from Senegal, their, their ethnic group is not originally from New York, uh, but yet there's 40, 50,000 of them uh, in New York city and cities around the world are the same. You have Bangkok, you have Istanbul, you have all these cities around the world where, Maybe, maybe an ethnic group, maybe that's not their historical homeland, but they have moved to cities uh, through natural economic trends or refugee status or whatever brought them to those cities. But because they're in these urban centers, there is now more availability to access them with the gospel than they were in their homeland. Wow. So think about, think about people in hard to reach or hard to access areas of the globe. Uh, it's very hard to get a Western missionary uh, to some of these locations, but we can deploy uh, people to major urban centers around the world and reach those same people. And, so, in a yeah. sense, God is actually bringing people here, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, why are yeah. they hard to reach? What, 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 what do you mean by that? Uh, well, you know, there, there's a put a lot of thought in this over the past few years, as you know, we've labored among people groups and our, our team, our, our peers uh, have labored among people groups and sometimes for a very long time uh, and sometimes with little fruit, uh, you know, and I've heard it worded a few different ways. You know, I've heard it said that, you know, all of the easy people groups have already been reached and the hard ones are the holy ones left. Uh, that may not be wrong, right? Uh, the, there's a reason the unreached are unreached. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a few historical, political maybe even economic factors that have left certain entire groups outside of God's kingdom. Uh, history has put uh, sometimes through uh, wars or political uh, disputes between countries, uh, diplomatic relations were cut off. And so as maybe one country had significant number of God's people, one country had very little of God's people. And as, and throughout history, uh, again, through wars, treaties, diplomatic disputes, whatever, uh, God's people were, were almost barred or, or it made it hard to go to these places. So that was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, dangers, uh, risk, uh, climate, whatever. There's a lot of other reasons why people couldn't go to certain places of the world. Uh, and then, of course, Bible translation. You know, certain, certain uh, people groups have yet to have the Bible translated in their language. So they have very little access to God's word. Uh, so through a number of you know, these factors, uh, certain ethnic groups have largely been entirely left out of God's kingdom. Whereas my ethnic group, if I trace my roots back to the Anglo-Saxons of Europe, uh, my ethnic group was once an unreached people group <laughs> at one point. 
um, but a very, very long time ago. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, shortly after the early church was founded, uh, missionaries uh, at great risk to their own life took the gospel to the Anglo-Saxons of Europe and planted the gospel in my ethnic group. And uh, through that, uh, my ethnic group is now abundant, have a, has an abundant number of Christians. But yet there's certain ethnic groups in the world, uh, particularly uh, Middle East, Asia, uh, Africa. Uh, there has been entire ethnic groups without the gospel. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And, you know, and, and like Trey said, is it's like God is bringing, you know, these ethnic groups here inside the U.S. And they really do become those global like gateway cities to be able to to go back and connect with that people group um because a lot of times and and if you look at it like it's one thing for for us as americans right to go and to preach the gospel to another people group and they may respond right but if you you know, meet someone from that ethnic group specifically here, and then they talk to their family or go back home at all and then share that gospel, like, I'm sure the impact of that is 10 times what it would be just coming directly from us. So it is pretty incredible and just kind of like a God thing to know that he has orchestrated that to be possible through this ministry. Um, And you know, really, really exciting to hear what you guys are doing. And so tell us a little bit, Brian, like as far as, you know, just a little bit of your background and how you actually got to, you know, be part of Global Gates Ministry. How in the world does a small town, <laughs> a small town Southern boy, you know, end up in New York uh, ministering <laughs> to Muslims? I, I, I want to know. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, quite a transition. Uh, so. Yeah, I grew up in South Carolina. The last place I lived in South Carolina before moving was Cowpens. So uh, just a little bit like New York City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, yeah, we had, yeah. You know, it, it was a bit of a transition. You know, we, I had been, you know, me and my wife, we had talked about missions for a while, didn't really know uh, where God was going to lead us. We got married in 2011 and was just looking for, where God was going to take us. And uh, so we, we did what most people, I think, uh, in our situation did, especially in the Bible Belt, when you're interested in missions, you just go to missions conferences and you, know, you talk to people. And I uh, had a, a mutual friend, a, a mentor or such. Uh, he connected me. He told me he invited me to a missions conference. And uh, in the metropolis of Packlet, South Carolina. Man. <laughs> so, <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, and uh, went there and uh, met some folks from Global Gates, and they were talking about New York City, and uh, gave me some. And I did the thing. I, I walked. If you ever, if you've never been to missions conferences or any kind of conference, really, you end up walking out with a stack full of uh, pamphlets, brochures, and honestly, half of most of them you don't even touch after that day. I'm just gonna be honest with you. You know, you, you walk out with a stack of papers, and you really don't look at it. Uh, so got a bunch of brochures and, you know, we were, they, they talked to us about New York. So, Hey, come to New York for a year. We have a missionary training school. Uh, you can get trained. Uh, but really didn't put a lot of thought into it at first. Uh, we got pregnant with our first uh, kid, uh, Jacob. And uh, so we were thinking, Hey, let's just take one last trip as a couple before we have kids, you know? So um, 
we say, Hey, let's just go to New York. Um, and it was not, I don't think it was heavily discussed. It was just, Hey, let's just go to New York. Uh, so we went and, uh, got to, uh, visit, you know, the sites of New York. Right. So we went to Times Square, uh, you know, uh, Statue of Liberty, whatever. But we had traveled enough. I mean, I've traveled overseas a lot. And I'm smart enough to know that when I go to a place, I know that Statue of Liberty Times Square is not the real New York, right? I know that there's more mm-hmm. to it. It's just the, it's the t- tourism circuit. It's not a real place for any place. So uh, we talked to the guys from Global Gates and said, hey, where can we go to really see the New York that you see? And so they gave us some subway stops in Queens and, so we got off and it got went to those neighborhoods and it was really there. We got off the train and heard a lot of different languages, uh, very few words in English at that point. Um, began to realize like really the nations are here. Mm-hmm. And when I mean here, I mean, it's significant numbers. And so we met with uh, a few of the guys from Global Gates, had lunch on the west side of Manhattan at a cafe that is now closed. Uh, but uh, we sat there, we talked about it, and really at that point, felt like God was telling us to, to go. Uh, so I uh, went home, went back to South Carolina, had to raise some financial support, had to be fully funded at this point. And I uh, spent about 13 months raising funds uh, and then uh, made the move. We moved, we moved to the Bronx, New York. Uh, so everybody hears the Bronx and it's scary. Uh, and, and some of that reputation is earned, some's not. But nonetheless, we called it home. Uh, moved that for five years. But yeah, it was quite a journey. I uh, never really foreseen ourselves in New York. We thought it possibly would be overseas somewhere, but but God had other plans, and it was a, it was a good plan. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, it, uh, happens and circumstance um, when it comes to the kingdom. Uh, God's got it. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, he's got it. He's so sovereign and he, he doesn't, he doesn't let things slip. He's got, he's got everything under control. He knew exactly what was going on. Um, it, it, it took a story about that, um, would be the individual that we met, uh, in the store that day in New mm-hmm. York. And, and to, to, for the, for the listeners, uh, we're not going to say the guy's name, but um, we, our team was one of the first to arrive in New York for the season of, of teams to go up and help Brian and his wife and his family in Global Gates. And we, we were basically up there just to beat the bushes, you know, try to, try to, try to open up some doors, try to find something. And I don't know what it was in a store, Brian. Yeah, uh, I think it was uh, some kind of type of uh, convenience store selling just kind of random goods. Can't remember exactly, but yeah. And and you had you had the Jesus film on a DVD, mm-hmm. right? And this individual, this guy, hears you talking to the to the clerk or the store owner or whoever it was, and he meets you outside. Now this is an this is an ex-Muslim who is who is born again now, and he doesn't talk to many people about it. Matter of fact, he's ostracized. Nobody talks to him much anymore because he's a believer. He's 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 jumped ship, and mm-hmm. he 
find you outside and go, Hey man, I'm a believer. And you're like, what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so this kind of opened the door a lot for, for you and, 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 and maybe you have a translator now and, and with Bible study and stuff like that. Um, I still mm-hmm. kind of follow him a little bit on Facebook, you yeah. know, kind of like see what he's doing. And, mm-hmm. but a very, very nice individual. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting him. Um, so I thought that was a, uh, something that what wasn't circumstantial. Uh, I don't think it was coincidence at all. Um, just just that one encounter was the whole week. I thought, right, one the, right. One of, the, one of the spots of the whole week was was that right there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, God's doing His stuff. He's got people around, and He's moving people around the globe behind the scenes. Some we don't even realize until He connects us to them. That's right. That's yeah. right. And. You know, and I I, I kind of see that play out in, in the first encounter, the first time that, that I myself got to meet Brian and his wife and, and their family as they came to your house, Trey, for a dinner when they were in town yep. um, one week. And so getting to, to meet them and, and have a conversation with them about what they're doing, the, the ministry um, that they were part of, and at the time being in New York – so it was really, really exciting and really fun to be able to kind of kind of hear what was happening and see, you know, see how God was using them. And then probably six, seven months later, you know, part of our our ministry team was was boarding a plane and heading up to New York ourselves to, uh, you know, to go serve and be part of part of that experience. And, you know, it was it was incredibly eye opening. Um and, you know, one of the one of the things that was uh, just like always will, I think, stick in my mind about that week. And, and Brian, tell me if this is right. It was I think it was the is it Fulani language? Is that one of the languages? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the one that at the time you were working with someone who was writing out the uh, book of John, right? The Gospel of John. Um. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and at the at the time, I think it was like the first three or four chapters was all that was actually written in that language. And I remember that week we were trying to find someone who could speak and read it. And yeah. that was one of the hardest freaking like needle in a haystack kind of, you know, task. And I mean, you are in New York, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, we're asking everybody and we're like, hey, can you know, and, and what would usually happen is you'd find someone who could speak it, but they couldn't read it. And so, right. you know, we couldn't give them the these chapters in John to actually, you know, verify or validate that it actually said what we were hoping it said. And uh, wow. I remember Tyler and I, Tyler was one of them that went with us and we were looking and I think we were up in the Bronx at this point and we were we were almost ready to get back on the train and head back. Uh, to Harlem where we were staying mm-hmm. and we were frustrated I know I was personally I was like man we we're not gonna find them we might as well give up we were walking back towards the subway to to get back on it and we passed the guy and, and Tyler was like maybe we should ask him I was like I don't know maybe and so we were kind of you know walking past him and then finally we stopped and we were like all right let's just ask and so we asked the guy <clears throat> and and you could tell it was it was right around time I think um to for for Muslims to to go to service at that point, I believe mm-hmm. in the day, and so we we stopped and we asked him. We said, "Hey, you know, 
we know you're probably in a hurry. Do you happen by chance to know anybody who speaks or reads, you know, this, this language in this text? And sure enough, he knew a guy. And I'm telling you, this was one of the craziest New York moments. This guy was like, yeah, just follow me. And, uh, <laughs> and so we walked with this guy for blocks. I mean, blocks like down alleyways and, you know, in and out of streets and court. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared because it's like, wait, is this guy really taking us to someone or what's about to happen? And um, it was one of those moments where it was only a guy that uh, he knew someone took us right to him. And then we were able to give this this gentleman um, the copy of John, and he was able to read it and and speak it. Wow! So that was like an incredible, you know, moment and feeling like God was in that uh, to help us to find that gentleman. So definitely some exciting stories um, that I'm sure you've probably got millions of that you <laughs> that you could unpack from your time in New York. But you know, tell us a little bit about that. Like, if you have any, you know, just like man, this was a God moment that this happened and, you know, you were part of. Yeah. Um, you know, five, five years, uh, we lived in New York five years, um, you know, two different apartments over five years and all in the Bronx. Um, and really, you know, those have over, over those five years for one, for one, we grew a lot, you know, we, mm-hmm. we just grew sharpened some skills, uh, leadership development skills, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, evangelism skills for one, uh, a lot of different things that uh, we was able to to sharpen and learn. You know, I think uh, over over our time there, we you know we just began to see that God, again, like we said earlier, by Him moving people around the globe and and getting to allowing us to connect to people who He is working on. So you know we. Well, some of the most exciting stories are for for me are seeing the global connections of the world. So I can I can think about one uh, that one uh, family that we got connected with uh, from Mali, and we would visit their homes, would have them over uh, to our homes, and when we were gonna we make we made a brief trip to uh, France. Uh, doing so, a little bit of research, uh, just learning about uh, West African immigration into France, into Paris. And uh, we, so as we were preparing to go, we told one of our, our West African immigrant friends in the Bronx, hey, we're going to be going to Paris in a few weeks. And so she's like, hey, you know, visit my sister in Paris. <laughs> so she has a sister in Paris. And so this is a family originally from Africa. Um, and, but yet there was a family member living in the Bronx, New York. And she's like, Hey, visit my sister in Paris. And so we landed in Paris and we, we called her up. At least she spoke a little bit of English. So that, that helped a lot because we didn't really speak French. And uh, so we met her sister in, in Paris and was able to talk with her. And it was just incredible to think about one family with, with relatives in, in three countries. And I, I remember sitting, we were eating in a, at a West African restaurant in Paris. And it just kind of just thinking about that, about this is one family with three different countries and connections in three different countries. And just, I was, as I thought about that, I just realized, you know, if 
if just if the gospel would get planted in in families like this mm. think, think about the the natural connections to spread mm. they don't they don't they're not missionaries they don't have to build connections they already exist the network already exists a missionary has to move to a place and build networks sometimes from the ground up because they don't know a single soul yeah. uh, but these families that that are crossing the ocean the network's already there and so if the gospel gets planted in some of these families we're, we're talking about this the gospel being able to spread in three countries through one family uh and we've seen that we've seen uh family members uh, in the Bronx be able to lead using Skype and FaceTime, they were able to lead family members to Africa to Christ mm. um, through digital means uh, because they got the gospel in one city, but then over the, their family living in a completely different city, a completely different country was able to hear the gospel. I mean, I know, uh, you know, uh, folks from Mali who would give a Bible to, and then they would take a trip to Mali and they would come back. And ask for another Bible. And that's why I asked him for a Bible is because it's oh well somebody else I wanted to give it to somebody else in Mali, <laughs> and so just the the so natural awesome. the natural connections that exist to me that was I, we we realized that fairly quickly as we started living in New York that you know God is building a network of of people. We just have to take the gospel to this network. Uh, and it's just really yeah. incredible. And I, I think about that, and we think about in the book of Acts where people came to Christ. So talk about them and their household, or mm-hmm. that Greek word oikos, mm-hmm. you know, their household, their network. That's uh, right. And so in the book of Acts, God frequently uh, uh, saved entire networks or households uh, of people. Mm-hmm. And we see that a lot. Them and their household were baptized. Them and their household believed. And uh, so really seeing that that now someone's oikos their household could be in three different countries so if them if them and their oikos them and their household believed in jesus that's an impact in three nations uh so yeah we've seen that a lot and that was huge for us that's awesome that's Um, that's a great segue into something i want to read out of the scriptures um you know uh alex we we this is the first time we've been you know 30 minutes into a uh a podcast without reading scripture so yeah right i know I, I, we, we got to read something but anyway <laughs> i, I, I want to read this um and 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 i want you to if you, when you're listening to this i want you to, to 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 begin to try to grasp what brian just said um it's digital today uh, mm. the networks are um that your your household it's spread out because of technology one because mm-hmm. they, they can yeah and and also they can be brought back together no matter where they are because of technology right Very true so so think about that when you uh hear this this um these words from from paul in the book of romans so i'm going to romans 10 and i'm gonna start with verse 12 and i'm just gonna read a few verses okay so if you want to get your word out, you can pause and, and then click back on it. Here we go. Starting with verse 12 in Romans 10. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Uh, I'm telling you, there is no distinction amongst the nations who know Jesus. There mm-hmm. is none. <laughs> 
For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that is good news. Come on. Right? Amen. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, a lot of people, including myself in the past, stop right there. We don't read any further. I want to read further. You ready? Well, how then will they call on him if they haven't believed? And how are they going to believe in him if they've never heard? Mm. And how are they going to hear unless someone preaches to them? And how are they to preach to them unless they are sent to them? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So here, here's the thing. Yeah, Brian heard, heard the call. He and his wife both heard the call and they go, right? Well, not everybody goes to New York and then goes to Cincinnati. But you go to the grocery store every day. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're me, you go every day. <laughs> but if normal people go like every three or four days. But I'm I'm just saying, um, blessed are the feet. You know, how can people hear unless people are, are preach it? And how can they preach it unless they're sent? Everybody's sent if you're a believer. Everybody's sent. Mm, come on. Right? So number one, live it. Understand what you believe. That's that's one really good way to, to live it is to understand what you believe. In other words, get into your word, please, daily. Um, preach the good news. Faith comes by hearing the good news and hearing by the word of Christ, right? So, that being said, so Brian, you're in New York at this time, right? Uh, that we've been talking about and you are yeah. ministering to Muslims specifically West African Muslims. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So 99.99% uh, of these people are not Arabic. They are African. Yes. From descent. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Um, I don't wake up wondering how I can minister to a Muslim today. I, I did. That's not what I did today. You do it every single day. And and the, when I asked you earlier about people who are unreached, why are they unreached? Well, because, uh, number one, uh, not not a whole lot of people, because of the narrative that has been painted about Muslims in, in the recent past, um, not everybody thinks about ministering to Muslims. Why would I? Um, hmm. Yet. God has put you in this little niche to, to for your heart to be to bleed for Muslims to come to salvation. So mm -hmm. that being said, how what circumstances and how did God take you from New York to Cincinnati? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, after we were there, I, guess, I think probably our fourth year there, uh, we began praying about where what would be next for us. Um, we, you know, we had to had to think about that and what is next for us and our family. 
uh, we began looking to see what other cities uh, needed work um, and that and those other cities being what other cities are fitting the bill for the definition of a global gateway city, uh, which Global Gates has actually come up with a very technical definition of what is a global gateway city. And, and that is a city that has at least one international unreached ethnic group uh, that is, has a population of 5,000 or more and maintains a connection back to their home country. So Global Gates is actually, through research, has identified in a very technical, scientific way what is a global gateway city. Uh, so uh, we began looking at those. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina was one of them that we talked about a little bit. And uh, so, but did, we did do some research there. Um, I took a research trip to Charlotte. I took a research trip to the Raleigh-Durham area as well. Uh, but, but God was not leading us to North Carolina. Uh, but we, we began in a, a process of looking what would be next for us. Also had to think about our family too. You know, what, uh, what would be a good fitting for our family? We are from Caltans, right? So we're not from a, a necessarily a major metropolis. So a lot of factors we, we're looking for what, where was the need? Uh, so what, where was, uh, there a kingdom need? And then two. Uh, what did our family need? And that's very real too. And and both of those are are equally important. Uh, and, and we have to think about what our family needs as well. So, uh, Cincinnati was suggested to us. Uh, at the same time, Cincinnati was suggested that we look at. We were also hearing about uh, some of our connections within the immigrant network actually moving uh, to Cincinnati from even some from New York. And so I began to hear about that. And said, okay, so. Uh, we decided to uh, check it out. Uh, so we came and started doing some research. It was 2017 when we took a trip here to research. It was just about a week. Uh, and just went and researched uh, immigrant-owned businesses, uh, places of worship, just started hanging out and talking and really began to see, okay, the need is here. Uh, so we knew the need was, was here. It was obvious. So we, were do we were hearing population numbers. And we're like, okay, this is here. Columbus being just a short drive north also was a major uh, global city as well. So moving to Cincinnati, Columbus area together was very strategic. Uh, then we had to ask the question, is it a good fit for our family? Uh, so looking at that, uh, being raised in a more rural background, you know, in South Carolina, uh, we were looking for, is there a place that has a little bit more trees <laughs> than New York? Yeah, we'll be honest about it. Mm -hmm. uh, is we we're looking for a little bit of green space, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and so Cincinnati uh, uh, fit to build there. And you know, I will say this: you know, a lot of times, you know, we talk about in ministry, especially full time ministry, we talk about whatever God, whatever the need is, go after the need. Um, my word of caution on that is is that uh, ministry is often done as a family, and mm -hmm. if you just focus on what the need is and you don't think about what your family needs i think you're making i think we're making a mistake in ministry we mm -hmm. have to think about what what does our family need what do our kids need and uh i think sometimes there's there's guilt in the ministry world over well if i put my family before god i'm doing something wrong we're, we're really not we're, we're honoring how god's wired our family and we're asking god where can we serve where we can serve mm -hmm. our family as well as the people we're called to
Mm. Uh, Cincinnati was the nexus for that. Um, and it became fairly obvious that we were called to move here. So, uh, and Brian, um, if I may interject real quick, I think, yeah. I think you're right. I think that the people you're ministering to need to see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They, they I think, do. I think it validates <clears throat> that you're telling the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so far, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we made the move in 2018 uh, and, uh, been been good uh and so that that's kind of our, our journey there again we were looking for the the two things we we needed to identify was the, the opportunity for for ministry what was mm. the need uh which there, there was great need because there was no missionaries really focused not that many i shouldn't say none but there were not a lot of work being done among unreached peoples so who are the unreached peoples in cincinnati who, who are they gotcha so um I can so first I'll list uh, West African groups. There's, you know, there's multiple ethnic groups in West Africa that are outside the gospel, outside of God's kingdom. The Soninke was the one major group. Uh, they're, they're here. Uh, and then the Fulani, uh, the uh, uh, Futatoro uh, sect of Fulani, the Futatoro are represented here in large numbers as well. So those are two West African ethnic groups. Both are unreached. Both are uh, okay. Uh, less than two percent Christian. So, so pray tell. How in the world do these groups make it to Cincinnati? I mean, what what's the draw? It's not right. the Reds, right? No. <laughs> it's not no. the Reds. So how how do these people arrive in Cincinnati? Uh, there's there's a few things that happen. One is refugee uh, resettlement. So that happens to do, to a degree, or at least it was about a decade ago. I should say. Uh, Cincinnati was uh, those refugees resettling here that were escaping war, slavery, uh, a lot of other uh, political or social issues in places like Mauritania uh, in mm. West Africa. Uh, so they began to settle here. Uh, over time, though, uh, there was just ample jobs available. So, you know, the, the Midwest you know, throughout the last five decades in America has went through significant change. You know, places like Cincinnati uh, were went from a very thriving place. Uh, then there was uh, economic issues. Maybe some of it was the, the departure of the auto industry from some of these states. But uh, there was a lot of, there was a little bit of an economic downturn for a little while. Uh, but then what that has now turned around is, is that other businesses are coming in. Uh, to uh, Cincinnati, uh, you know, throughout Ohio, northern Kentucky, Indiana. And they're building large plants, large distribution centers, and hiring a lot of people. Mm. So Cincinnati had fairly livable conditions as far as the, the cost of living was not very high. Um, you could make money here. Uh, you could make enough money to support yourself and save or send money back to your home country. So the available jobs, uh, rent not being very high, uh, it began to draw more people. So maybe some came earlier for refugee status. Others have, are coming because of just economic opportunity. Well, and it's just it's just grown from there. That's awesome. I, well, I knew it wasn't the Reds. I knew it wasn't the Bengals. And it certainly <laughs> yeah. wasn't the chili. Okay. So I've, I've tried the chili in Cincinnati. And it's to me, it's not the hype that it, that. that you know, drums up. So it's, it's yeah. different. I mean, I enjoy, yeah. I enjoyed the boat races on the river a lot more than the chili. Just saying. But right, anyway, right. Right, so, um, 
how is the ministry going there? Um, give me some highlights of what's going on. Yeah, so we uh, started, uh, we, we first landed here, I guess we started doing more research and just identifying where people are, what are the opportunities, who's here working among them, those kind of questions. Uh, we've, but what we've, we, as we did research and identified different areas, uh, one place kept coming up, and that's a place called Lachlan, Ohio, uh, which is uh, not officially Cincinnati, but for it is Cincinnati as far as anyone's concerned, but politically it's its own jurisdiction. So uh, Lachlan, Ohio has a significant uh, population of uh, Fulani speakers uh, moving there. And what was really cool is, is that we, we started networking. We, we've learned uh, in ministry that you're not a one-man army. You have to network. Uh, so we started networking, and we started hearing about a, a ministry that was in Lachlan called the Metanoia Center. And uh, they were uh, doing work because uh, the, the village or the city of Lachlan is, uh, it has a lot of opportunity right now. I mean, there's, it's economically, it's not what it was uh, about a few decades ago. Uh, so economically, this, it has struggled. Uh, and so this ministry set up is like an inner city ministry just trying to serve. Uh, but we got connected to uh, the guy who uh, started the Metanoia Center, and we got connected with him, and he had a passion for reaching uh, the immigrant population there. And then God just started bringing people. Uh, so we have... We had a few other people move uh, to Cincinnati with a passion to reaching West Africans. And uh, since then, uh, we've been able to start an English class uh, to serve the community. We're now, uh, we're actually about to wrap up our third semester of, of English class. Actually wrapping, the last class will be today, uh, later today for the third, for the third semester and that is mostly uh, Fulani speakers from uh, Mauritania and Senegal. Mm. Uh, so we, we've been able to do that. We've been able to distribute a lot of gospel material, either in Fulani or French, because the trade language is French. And so we've been able to distribute a lot of uh, uh, material. So a lot of gospel sowing has been happening among these people. And uh, we've been building a team. Uh, so now we have uh, a good team of people here who we've been able to train and invest in, and they have a heart for reaching these people, too. So over the first three years, I would say we've spent time researching gospel sowing, but then also team building. Mm. Uh, and we're seeing that happen. So really good. We, had, we just had a block party this week uh, in Lachlan with local churches, and we set up a prayer station, gave out material in French. Uh, so. Uh, a lot of good stuff is happening, but gospel sowing, research, and team building has been a huge part of uh, the first three years here. Mm, that's, 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 just, that's crazy. I, I love this. Um, yeah. You know, uh, for the listener, real quick, um, I don't know how much you know about uh, Islam uh, and and <clears throat> the the different sects of, of, of uh, Muslims that, that are involved in, in uh, Islam. Um, <clears throat> but generally... Um, throughout the whole the whole thing there's two things that are true that they do believe one and it's either one or the other one it wasn't Jesus who died on the cross or he just just 
passed out, and he didn't die on the cross. Either way, Jesus did not die on the cross, and he is not God's son. All right, those are two main things, right? Now, you know, that flies in the face of um, like a Bible Belt believer who's been going to church every day of his life. And they're like, what? But, you know, Brian deals with this every single day. And he loves these people. And these people Mm -hmm. need to be loved. And I remember a story that you told me, Brian, I've, I've always remembered this, of a time that you actually were able to bring the Jesus film into a, a, a Muslim's home and they were watching it and it got to the point to where Jesus died on the cross. And yes. the child walks up to the father and says, I thought that he didn't <laughs> die on the cross. And the guy's like, uh, uh, <laughs> it looks like he did, you know, and, yes. uh, you know, just stuff like that. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. So, you know, uh, my wife and I, uh, give monthly to the Stevens ministry um, because we believe in it. We believe in them. We believe in what they believe in. And, um, and that's the most important thing. And Mm. it's not a whole lot of money, but it helps them out. Yeah. And, you know, um, for, for the listener, um, only, you know, if God's touching you to help out, and if, if you can help out, then, Brian, how would people be able to reach out to you and and give you some jingle jangle uh, during the month? Uh, a few different ways. Uh, one, they could, it, I mean, Global Gates website, which is globalgates.info. Uh, they have uh, a donate page. And it has a list of all of their missionaries, the ones that can be listed by name for security reasons. I can, obviously, because I can, I'm can. i living in the States. Uh, and so there's a, a donation page. You, When you go to the donation page, you can scroll down and uh, see the Stevens. Uh, that's us. Um, so that might be probably the easiest way. I mean, if anyone needs to reach out to me directly to ask questions, which is uh, perfectly fine as well. Uh, my email is bstevens at globalgates.info. And so if they want to ask questions or things like that, then email is uh, the best way to do that. So it's bstevens at globalgates.info. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, the two ways that they can do that. Yeah. That's um, awesome. I just I, I wanted to say too, before we, you know, as we're wrapping up here, um, you know, one thing that we touched on and one thing you mentioned and one thing that I think all of us are, are you know, very aware of is that, you know, when you when you are in ministry, um, it, especially when you are married, you're not doing it alone. Um, and so it, it's great to see how you and Kinsey both are involved and both are, you know, investing in what God has called you to as a family. And so, you know, it's really encouraging to see that really great. Um, how you, you know, really do have this partnership, not just in marriage, but as well as to this ministry. And so, you know, thank you both so much for what yep. y'all are doing, for your obedience to what God has called you to. Um, what y'all do is not something that everybody can do. Like yep. God has given you all this heart and this passion 
um, for you know these these immigrant people and these people groups that are not originally from here, but yet y'all are there to show them the love that God has for them, the love that Christ poured out on the cross for them. And so, you know, it is so awesome to see that very encouraging and challenging for all of us um, to, to have a part in that. And so thank you guys for what y'all do. And I do pray that for those who are listening, if if God lays it on your heart to, you know, to help and to partner with Brian and family and, and just Global Gates in general, please, um, please just follow the Lord's prompting in that your heart to to uh to share to encourage to partner with whether that's you know through prayer or even financially or maybe getting involved um you know taking a, a mission trip with with your local um church and, and you know being able to go to one yep. of these and, and do these things i it would highly recommend that yeah yeah highly um, recommend it, that. it's quite you even get you might even get a a 40-pound yellow python draped around your desk <laughs> in New York City. You never know. You yeah, never you know. never know what will happen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, um, any any last, you know, thoughts, Trey or, or Brian, any, any last words you want to want to leave? I think it's been a pleasure, been a pleasure being on the show. Enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. It is great having you. It's good to see you again. Good to hear from you again. And we praying for you guys. Yep. And, you know, um, you're, you're going to see uh, after after the last day, you're going to see a lot of people Man. That, mm. that, you know, because of your obedience and because of God's faithfulness, you're going to see a lot of people mm. up there. OK. Yep. All right. I love you guys. Peace out, peoples. Yeah. Everybody have a great week. Can't wait to catch you again next time. God bless.